0: Welcome back to The World's Game, a World Cup podcast. The Men's World Cup is over, but now it's time for the women. I'm going to have Women's World Cup episodes all summer long, breaking down all the storylines and all the fun. My name is Peter Roman. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And let's dive right in. Welcome to The World's Game, a World Cup podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. The World Cup is now over. The World Cup final finished on Sunday. I know this episode's out a little later than I was hoping it would be, but there were kind of additional stories that I didn't expect to come out of the World Cup final that I unfortunately have to talk about. But regardless, here is my final recap episode, and... After this, I only have one episode left about the Women's World Cup, and that will be my top 10 goals and my top 10 storylines of the tournament. So this episode is purely about the World Cup final between England and Spain. So let's dive into it. So Spain won this game one nothing. the final score. They are world champions for the first time ever on the women's side, and so now they're one of very few countries that have won both a Men's World Cup title and a women's world cup title huge congratulations to spain they absolutely deserved the win in this game they were by far the better team in my opinion and so let's break down what happened so in the first half we had kind of a really crazy opening like 20-ish minutes in a lot of these finals you tend to get like very cagey kind of games where teams they're a little bit afraid of making mistakes you know they want to feel each other out kind of ease into the game there was none of that in this final between England and Spain. Both teams came out guns blazing. They, re- they basically came out and said, you know what? Screw it. We're going for it. We are going to go for this, and we don't care if we're going to make mistakes. We want to win the game because both teams were very open, and they were very attack-minded, and it's really surprising there was only one goal scored in this entire game. The only goal in this game came from Spain's Olga Carmona, who scored the game-winning goal against Sweden and scored the game-winning goal in this World Cup final. It was basically a brilliant play set up by her Spanish teammates, and then she hit it low, hard, and right into the corner, a perfect driven shot, and Carmona gave Spain the lead one to nothing, and obviously that would be enough for them to win the game itself. It was a great great goal from the Spanish, and they absolutely deserved it. In my opinion, they were the better team. England, they ended up hitting a crossbar in the first half from Lauren Hemp, but Spain, like, they really should have scored on a previous chance. Redondo ended up having a shot saved by Mary Earps, and Paraluelo had a really good chance on that one as well, but couldn't bury it. And then, at the very end of the first half, Paraluelo ended up hitting the goalpost. And so, that brought us into halftime. 1-0 Spain, And they fully deserved it. In my opinion, the biggest difference in this game was the midfield. And I talked about this. This would be a key matchup to keep an eye on. So Spain's midfield three ended up being kind of the biggest difference as to why they were able to keep control and dominate the game the way they were. The English midfield three just couldn't really keep up in the same way. And that was a big difference in the first half. And a big reason why Sarah Wiegman, the English manager, made changes at halftime was to try and counteract that. And some of it was a little bit more successful than others, but either way, huge credit to the Spanish midfield. They played really well in that first half and their fullbacks dominated this game as well. Not just because Carmona scored, but they also just were able to exploit space really well. And England had a really hard time dealing with it. I think Daly and Bronze, not their best games at fullback for, for the English. But regardless, we go into halftime one nothing. And then in the second half, Spain continued to carry the play, and they ended up getting a penalty kick in the second half. It was a handball by Kira Walsh in the box. And, okay, I've been generally pretty positive about the officiating in this tournament. In this game, there were a few things that bothered me. Now, I don't think the officiating was, like, dreadful, but VAR took forever to look at this. And in my opinion... I saw like two replays and I was like, yep, handball, easy. Easy call, nice and simple, handball on Kira Walsh. The VAR referee took forever and then eventually told the referee to go look at it. And then the referee went and looked at it and she looked at it forever. It felt like six minutes of looking at this replay and I just couldn't believe it took six minutes because to me, she clearly made a movement towards the ball, Her arm was not like in a natural position. To me, it's a very obvious handball call, but it took forever. Eventually the correct call was made. It was a handball in the box. So Spain finally, after a very long delay, they were given a penalty kick. And so Jenny Hermoso was the one who stepped up for Spain. I sort of disagree with her being the one to take the penalty kick because if you remember, she actually missed a penalty earlier in the tournament in the group stages. And at least for me, I don't know, unless it's, unless it's a player of such a stature that you can just like forgive them for misses, I don't generally like giving penalty kicks to players that have already missed in, in a tournament. I just think it's, I, I think it's a bad luck thing. It's not really based on anything scientific. It's more just like a bad vibes, bad luck kind of thing. But anyway, muscle got the penalty kick and she had her shot saved by Mary Earps. And now, I won't lie, when I saw this in real time, I thought 100% for sure Earps had left, had left the line early. But apparently she didn't, because clearly Var would have looked at it, and clearly must have just been just a fraction, like onside basically, for her to count it. And that was, that was it. Earps made a great save, Hermoso denied from the spot, and England still had a chance late in this game. Unfortunately for England, it didn't go their way. They weren't able to generate a lot of really high danger chances. The Spanish defense played really well in this game. They were able to cut out a lot of the England chances. England just really struggled to find ways to get into the box, find ways to create those dangerous scoring chances. I also thought one of their substitutions was a little weird because taking off Alessia Russo, in my opinion... I don't know I think Russo's been one of England's best players especially in the knockout stages and so I get that Lauren James can be a game changer but I would have made a different substitution and so in the end it is what it is you can't go back and change it and for Spain they are now the world champions with their one-nothing win they held on to beat England in the final and so Spain get their revenge England beat them in the European Championships just one year ago, but now Spain find themselves as the world champs. So, again, huge congratulations to Spain. They absolutely deserved it. Their players played immensely well in this World Cup final, and England, it wasn't their best day, and they were beaten by a better team. Simple as that. But, man, I just... What Spain has had to deal with, like, it's so impressive what their players have done in this World Cup, and... They should be extremely proud of what they've accomplished. But unfortunately, I can't just talk about the positive things here. So there were a couple stories coming out of this World Cup final that were not good. And I will talk about them here in a minute. But I do want to finish up on England. So for England, overall now, looking back on the tournament, I think it's overall a very successful tournament for them. They made the World Cup final. Like, that's not... Anything less than a World Cup final appearance probably would have been a little disappointing, but they made the World Cup final. That's probably, like, a solid, satisfactory performance for them. I know they were hoping to win the whole thing, but it's really hard to win big tournaments. So, ultimately, for England, there is some, like, part of me that believes they would have won the whole thing if they had their full team, but, of course, you could say the same thing about Spain. Spain didn't really have their full team either, so, you know... You take the loss on... You take it on the chin. But for the Lionesses, the nickname of the English team, I think overall they can be very proud of what they accomplished in this tournament, especially considering the fact that they were missing, like, half the starters from the team that won the Euros. And, you know, they played really well in this tournament for the most part. They made the World Cup Final. It's their first World Cup Final appearance. And for them, it's a quick turnaround because they have to go into the Olympics... They have a real chance to win an Olympic gold medal, and I would expect them to be one of the favorites going into that tournament. So, you know, not a lot of time to lick your wounds, but it's the way it is. Like, this is the way football goes. But England, I think, have absolutely cemented themselves as one of the best teams in the world. They will, I think, continue to be one of the best teams in the world here for a while. Their team is generally pretty young. Like, they, I think most of these players can still be there for them in 2027 so not the result they wanted but there's a lot a lot of positives for england to take out of this tournament just as a whole so all right on to the less exciting stories and this was the reason i ended up delaying my podcast was i just wanted to break down my thoughts about these properly i didn't want to just go and ad lib these but let's start with olga carmona So Carmona obviously scored the game-winning goal in the World Cup Final itself. However, this has to be by far the most bittersweet day of her life because on one hand, the World Cup is probably something she's dreamt about since like she was a kid. She's dreamt about winning this for a good chunk of her life. And the fact that she not only won the World Cup as the captain of her national team but she scored the game winning goal. Like that's the stuff kids dream about. And on one hand, for most people, that would be the greatest day of their life, not for her. So Olga Carmona unfortunately learned following the game that her father had passed away, literally like on the same day. So obviously my heart and my thoughts are with Olga Carmona and her family because it is a heartbreaking tragedy. And the fact that it happened on such, like, I can't even imagine what she's going through right now. The fact that on one hand, this should have been the greatest day of her life, but it can't be. And yeah, I don't know. I just, there's not, there's not a good way to put this. Like, there's not words I can say that would make this feel any better for her. Like, it's just, it sucks. It sucks. And my heart goes out to her and her family. And I don't know, you know, if she needs to take time away to deal with this, but like, I mean, that's the most bittersweet thing of all time. Like it's a heartbreaking tragedy coupled with like a childhood dream at the same time. And that's just, but anyway, that, that story just broke my heart because it's I mean I don't think anyone should have to go through that right it's it's very sad just in general so so that was one story coming out of the World Cup final that was the sad story coming out of the World Cup final now we have the story that makes me mad and the story that should make everybody mad because it is completely unacceptable so During the ceremony when the players are given their World Cup winner medals, the president of the Spanish Football Association, Luis Rubiales, that man needs to get out of the sport, and he can go F off, honestly. And I know I don't swear on this podcast. I try not to, but man, there's a lot of words I have for this guy. So first of all, he is a creep. He is a piece of absolute garbage human being. And he needs to go away and just never come back. He can go F off for all I care. So this is what he did. The players during the ceremony, they go and like shake hands with like the, you know, presidents like, you know, Gianni Infantino, the FIFA president, you know, the presidents of the countries and things like that. So they go and do that and then they get their winner's medals. Well, when Jenny Hermoso went to go get her winner's medal, she ended up like the president, literally, the president of the Spanish FA grabbed her and, against her consent, kissed her on the lips. I don't know if it's because he felt entitled or if just because, you know, he's, I don't know. Anyway, not the point. The point is, this was a horrible thing to do. You should never ever do that against someone's consent. And to do that, you wor- know, like, they just won a World Cup, and for you to do that and make it somehow make it about you when it's never about you, it's about the players. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, my, like, I feel so bad for Jenny Hermoso because, I mean, She was probably just in shock, and there are probably a lot of, like, women out there who can probably explain these situations better than I could, of course, but regardless, the Spanish president, the the president of the FA, I should clarify, not the, like, president of the country, but the president of the football association, he needs to be fired immediately, and he needs to be without a job, and he can go homeless for all I care because that is completely unacceptable, absolutely disgusting behavior. That never in a million years is that acceptable. Never ever. So, anyway. Yeah. So that that one should make you mad cuz it makes me mad cuz like like what is going on? Like what the just yeah. Again, I'm not trying not to swear. It's really hard not to swear in this cuz like it's just goes along well, but anyway, what a absolute garbage human being. All right. So, and then we have Jorge Vilda. So, Jorge Vilda, d- didn't, he didn't do anything like that bad, fortunately. But it is important to talk about him. So, Jorge Vilda was the reason why there was like 15 Spanish players that ended up signing their agreement to never play for the Spanish national team again as long as he was the coach. And some of that was like disagreements on strategy and tactical things but some of that was also just treatment of the players now i haven't seen anything like i haven't seen a lot of details about this and that's because there isn't like a ton of reporting on it but at the same time like there is concern about like the treatment of some of the players um i'm not sure exactly what that entails but i hope more things come out about this but anyway not the point the point is the Spanish players achieving what they did in spite of their coach, who clearly none of them really liked that much. If you look at a lot of the celebrations, none of them actually would go to celebrate with Jorge Vilda. He kind of just had to celebrate on his own or with his coaches. The, the players never really came and celebrated with him, which I think says a lot. So first, that's a huge accomplishment to the Spanish players, the fact that they were able to win the tournament in spite of their coach. But number two, more importantly, I hope now that the Spanish players Players now that they've won the World Cup, I hope that gives them more leverage to ask for more things. Because Vilda probably shouldn't be the coach anymore, and the Rubiales definitely should not be the president of the FA anymore. Those two things should not be in place anymore, and I hope the players have more power and more leverage to ask for those things. Now, the players shouldn't have to ask for Rubiales to be fired, but, you know women are treated um not so great when it comes to things like that and men are given a lot of passes that they shouldn't be plain and simple so we'll see how that goes but either way i hope this can be a catalyst for change in the spanish football federation because holy crap they really need to, they really need to make some changes because this is just not not the way you should run your football federation plain and simple so anyway Those stories suck, but they're important to talk about. It's important to not, like, gloss over these things, because they are real things that happened. So, anyway, that's kind of the sad part, but, again, congratulations to Spain. Their players deserve all the credit in the world. They played so well in this final, and they're the world champions, and they absolutely deserve it. Before I end the episode today, I just wanted to go over some of the awards for the tournament. So the player of the tournament was Aitiana Bonmati, the player who I thought should have gotten the player of the tournament. So congratulations to her. I think she absolutely deserved it. She had three goals and two assists in this World Cup. And despite being like a center midfielder, I thought she was the best player in this tournament. The way that she was able to control games, her passing, her movement, everything else was on point. And she was by far the most important player for this Spanish team. And, in my opinion, the biggest reason why they are world champions now. The young player of the tournament was given to another Spanish player, it was Salma Paraluelo. In my opinion, I think it should have gone to Linda Caicedo of of Colombia. But, I'm okay with it going to Paraluelo instead. Like, both players, in my opinion, were deserving candidates. I just would have given it to Caicedo of Colombia. But, regardless. Congratulations to Sama. I mean, she definitely deserves it. The way she played in the knockout stages was exceptional. And again, another big reason why Spain ended up winning the World Cup itself. The Golden Boot ended up going to Hinata Miyazawa. Miyazawa held on. Despite the fact Japan got knocked out in the quarterfinals, her five goals were enough to win the Golden Boot. So congratulations to her. She will be a player to definitely keep an eye on during the next tournament in 2027. And then the goalkeeper of the tournament went to Mary Earps. And to me, I think Musovic of Sweden was another consideration here, at least in my opinion I would have thought about Musovic, but Mary Earps definitely a worthy candidate of the goalkeeper of the tournament award. She made a pen- she made a save on a penalty kick in the final that is beyond impressive and she was generally arguably England's best player en route to the final. So Congratulations to Mary Earps. I think she definitely deserves it. By the way, her dispute with Nike, uh, for anyone who didn't hear this story, basically, Mary Earps wanted to. So, Nike isn't selling like the goalkeeper kits for any team. And Earps really wanted to like have her goalkeeper kit get made and, you know, be able to sell it to people. And she was even willing to like front some of the costs so that way, like, it would kind of be a break even situation for her and Nike. Unfortunately, nike decided against that not entirely sure why so anyway i hope Erps ends up like winning that battle eventually to be able to sell her goalkeeper kit but regardless urps fantastic tournament and she deserves all the praise for for her performances because she really does so so yeah that is it that is the end of the women's world cup tournament like I said, I'm going to have one more episode. It will be my story li- my top 10 storylines and my top 10 goals. And you better believe the top 10 storylines is really really tough. I have moved around my order. Like I think I've settled on the 10 stories that I think were the biggest of the tournament. I've just I flipped the order on them so much. It's you know, it's going to be going to be some more debating in my head here, but I will try to have that episode out before the end of the week. And yeah, that's all I have. I want to thank everyone for listening to my Women's World Cup podcast episodes during this tournament. If you listen to the men's and Women's World Cup episodes, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope along the way, like, maybe you learned something. Maybe you had some fun. You know, just I love football. I love soccer. And I don't care what you call it. It's just, in my opinion, it's the greatest sport in the world. And I love being able to share my passion and my knowledge of that sport. And I hope for anyone listening in that you were able to, you know, get a little bit of that from these episodes. So thank you so much again. I'll have one more episode coming out for the Women's World Cup. And then that will probably be it for, for this podcast. So thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The World's Game, a World Cup podcast. The music is from Pixabay. There will be new episodes throughout the Women's World Cup, so make sure you subscribe and don't miss a moment of the 2023 World Cup.